Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Horse Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. I'm Melinda. And today we have Audra and Nancy from West Suburban Paranormal Investigations. And it is an all-female-run paranormal investigative team. Is that correct? It's ran by all females. We do have a, a couple males that are crew members. Okay. But we definitely take charge. Nice. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. We're so happy to have you guys, as we've said. Thank you so much for, for coming by. Um, just to get started, can you tell us a little bit, like, what kickstarted your interest in the supernatural for both of you or together? Or just tell us about yourselves a little. I've been in, involved probably since a little kid. I've always been interested in, especially Chicago paranormal and so I've got all the books written by Ursula Bielski and Dave Kaczmarek and that kind of a thing. I've loved those books since I was probably eight or nine years old. Um, when I was 20, my first animal passed away, and he came to visit me. And after that, I was able to see my animals after they passed. Um, I always told my husband, I, for Christmas, I want you to get me on a paranormal team. I just want to go on a hunt with something. And he never did anything about it, so... One day I was looking on Facebook and there was a team looking for a new member. And I thought, okay. So I met Nancy a week later on the team. And about two months after that, we formed our own team. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Nancy, how about you? Um, I've always been a horror fanatic, even from a little girl. Uh, and my parents let me watch like... Um, Night of the Living Dead and um, Faces of Horror and stuff like that. So <laughs> I was raised with those things. So it's just something natural in my life to be part of a paranormal team. Again, I found it on Facebook and I've always had that interest. Um, always wanted to see things that other people didn't get to see. And um, then I, when I met Audra, we had an instant connection and uh, we found out we were too good to be on that team. So we started our <laughs> own and it's been awesome it's been an awesome ride and i can't wait to see what we see in 2020 20, yeah when did you guys um start the uh the west suburban paranormal investigative team that you have now that would have been october of 2018 okay oh so it's fairly fairly new mm -hmm. okay yeah. so how many team members do you guys have total now we were talking about that on the car on the way over we have nine members total there are we have one team member who lives near iowa so we don't see her very often one lives in Bloomington, so whenever she's up, she comes on an investigation with us. We have three, I think, that we thought that are pretty much full-time. Nancy, myself, and then a woman named Kim. Um, her son's on the team with us, too. Uh, he goes up when we do cemetery crawls or paid investigations. He'll go with us on those. Well, if you need any, uh, like, north suburb investigators, <laughs> Minnie and I are here. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I hesitate to say that I'd want to go on a ghost hunt because I'd be nervous, but I totally would want to go. <laughs> we haven't seen anything yet that's made us go running scared, so okay. <laughs> well, that's good to know. And in actuality, what we do, we're actually investigators. There's a difference between a paranormal investigator and a ghost hunter. And when we go, a client would contact us and say, I think I have something paranormal happening at my home. So when we go there, we're investigating, trying to see if there is truly something paranormal or if it's just a natural, you know, lights flickering because you have a bad connection or something. Um, once we find that, yes, it is a paranormal activity at the home, and if we go back a second time, then we're going as actual ghost hunters because we're looking for something that was already found in the first investigation. So a lot of people don't understand the difference, but there truly is a difference. I like that, actually, because I... I, there, and I have this like later on the list to ask what you guys think about like all those shows that are out there because I mostly watch them like for fun at this point. But I love particularly the ones that go in there um, and and have that point of view of like, well, let's make let's make sure there's nothing actually real happening. Yes. Right. So that's really I love that to hear that you guys do that because that like adds cred. I feel like to what you do, it truly does. If, if we can debunk it, we're going to debunk it first before yeah. we say, oh yes you have paranormal activity going on you know it could just be that um i don't know what's something that we ran across that wasn't truly paranormal well there was our last investigation nancy took a picture in the basement and you oh. had a flashlight on it and you were it was a set of stairs and you saw these two glowing green eyes 
coming from in between the slats. And we thought, this is unbelievable. We were so excited. And the next day, Nancy contacted the client and said, can you go down there in a normal day and take a picture exactly like this? And it ended up there was some pig ceramic pig on the other side of it like oh man it yeah was such and a- it was the it was the feet of the pig that were glowing with my light oh. in the dark which showed like eyes so but we can't just say oh my god you have this demon in your basement and i got the eyes you definitely want to make sure that it's not something similar to that so. I mean, when I was little, there were tons of ghosts that would hide in the corner of my room. And then in the light of day, it was like a rumpled sweater that I yes. loved. <laughs> yeah, we have a Christmas tree set up in our bedroom. And I can't tell you how many times I've woken up and, oh, my God. <laughs> what was your first investigation like as a team? Do you remember? And without getting into specifics about, like, the client or whatever. But, like. He had this uh, problem with his stove. It would go off it by itself. The timer would beep by itself. I can't remember what else he had going on. We ended up finding out that it was one of his dogs that had passed away who was coming to visit him. He had a lot of stuff happen at the kitchen table. His chair would move or it'd spin, and it was the dog trying to make contact with him. So um, we were doing an Echovox session, which is one of our pieces of equipment that has all these different syllables on it, and it pulls random syllables out. And we kept saying, can you please make the stove beep? Can you make the timer beep? And off on the echo box, you heard beep, beep. And we're like, okay. Thank you so much. Not exactly what we were looking for, but thank you. <laughs> so you said that you are able to see um, your past pets after they pass away. Are you able to see other people's pets and other animals? I can now. Okay. Yeah, it's been slowly opening up. But in the past couple, yeah, every once in a while, I'm like, is there a dog? Nancy, is, is that a real dog over there? Or... <laughs> Most of the time it has been a real dog, but there have been a couple of times where we've gotten heat signatures where a dog would be laying normally, and we'll ask the homeowner, and they'll, yeah, that's exactly where little Mitzi used to lay. Yes. Okay. Wow. But you have seen, you saw that German Shepherd, and there was no German there Shepherd. There was no German Shepherd. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny after that is that two of our other investigators that were with us went home, and they said that their dogs just attacked them like crazy when they got home, and that the dogs are not, normally not like that at all. They're very calm, but they were attacking the, their legs of our investigators after we got home from that investigation. Well, if, if I'm visiting your house and you have a dog and it's all over my, my legs, yeah. and then I go home and my dog's like, oh, where have you been? Right. Yeah. So that's how their dogs were treating them, even though there weren't any dog, real dogs at the location. Yeah. Just the spirits. Huh. Interesting. So that was our first true one as West Suburban Paranormal mm-hmm. Investigations. Wow. That's quite an investigation. That was cool that the first one right off the bat, we got some really good stuff. That was neat. What? How many investigations have you guys done to date as your team? Mm, more than 35, probably close to 45. I, I would, would say, say easily. Wow. Easily. Yeah. So you had, and two just years. because you mentioned this earlier, I know you mentioned cemetery crawls, but it sounds like you do both, like some of that, but then you also help. Regular old, we do, regular yeah. Folks? We like to do cemetery crawls on the usually on Sundays. Yeah, we'll pick usually. a cemetery to go to. We we open that up to the public because then we have followers that'll come with us and we can teach them how to use the equipment. Um, we also do random like little quizzes: who can find the oldest uh, stone in the cemetery or the oddest set of stones, you know, with like dates or uh, the one time we found like eight eight little uh, kid stones that were all died at the same time. So we did history on it to find out what the cause was. And it was, um, what was that? I can't remember. It was either one of the It was like the flu or the plague or the flu. It was back in the 1800s. So just little things like that that we find at the cemetery crawls. We try to make it, you know, fun and active for followers to come and join us. That's cool. And is this something, do you just like pay to sign up or is it a free? It's free. It's free. Oh, that's nice. We should. We should totally do that. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sometimes we'll just pick a random cemetery. A lot of times we'll pick ones that are known to be haunted. Okay. We've done Bachelor's Grove. I we did that we're once. both from the South Suburbs, yeah. so that was on the tip of my head. Yeah, we're very familiar with Bachelor's Grove, and we've both been there and taken photos, and I, I haven't seen anything. No, but what happened when you guys went? Nothing. Yeah. A lot of bugs. At Bachelor's Grove. Yeah. Yeah. It was about July, and it was raining. We had a lot of bugs. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, oh, yuck. <laughs> I've been there more towards uh, October when the leaves are down, and it's a lot easier to go through there. During the summer, you've got pretty much two paths that you can follow but when the leaves are down the whole place is completely open so that's rather go that time of year i think yeah. it's a little colder but you can see you a can find bit. more stuff yeah <laughs> that's very cool so 
what would you say, I'm going to say for cemetery crawls and for home investigations, what would you say would be your personal favorite piece of evidence that you found and why? Go ahead. Okay. You can take a minute to think about it. I I already know this one. (laughs) Um, We investigated a home actually in Waterman, Illinois. Um, There's a little boy spirit there named Richie. And we were really reaching out to him. He was following us throughout all the rooms. So um, we use an echo box, which Audra mentioned earlier. It's kind of like a spirit box. And we were trying to get words to come through on there. With your natural hearing, a lot of times you're not going to hear spirits talking to you until you listen to the recorders or the videos afterwards. Well, when I was home that night listening through, this little boy was like right next to me because in the audio, and it wasn't through my spirit box that he spoke to me. He spoke to me with his natural voice. And what we feel happened is a portal was open there to try to communicate. And on the audio, it said, this is for me in a little kid's voice. And it was kind of like he stuck his tongue out afterwards, like, eh, you know, he had like this attitude. And what we feel happened um, since we were opening up a portal that other spirits were trying to come through. But because we were originally reaching out to this little boy saying, Richie, you know, come to us, give us a sign, tell us this, tell us that. He was telling the other guys, uh, no, this is for me. You guys can just go on. Oh. Um, but it's we use that clip a lot when we do presentations and stuff. And Audra can actually let you hear it today. <gasps> yes. It is incredible. And that's my favorite piece of evidence. <laughs> It is so clear. And so is this little boy, Richie, is he attached to this house? Yes. Okay. He didn't just come through the portal, Mm -hmm. like, randomly. He's attached to this property. Yes. And do we know anything about him, like, when he died or... Not the actual year that he died. I know that it was way back in the early 1900s. Um, There's actually a doctor's spirit that's there. His father is there as well. Um, There's multiple spirits in that home. It's pretty incredible. We love going there. We've been there a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and people live there, like yes. just like with these spirits, or wow, and they they're able to. They're fine with it. They have limitations. You can't come in my bedroom, and so far it oh. seems like they've obeyed. Yeah, they they really show a dominance toward the spirits and say you can live here, but this is my space. Stay out of my room. And it took them a while to get to that point. Um, this is actually the owner of the home is someone I grew up with. Oh, okay. So it makes it a little easier for us to get in there as many times as we want. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm guessing all the spirits are benevolent spirits. There's no evil spirits or demons that... No demons. Um, we do think that there is an evil spirit that lingers there, but it didn't come out too strong with us. More Richie came out more than anything. And it could have been location. Richie's father, and he was just... A man of the time. This is yeah. my house. This is how this is the house is going to be run. The kids are not going to be heard kind of a thing. So he may not necessarily evil, but mean. Right. Okay. Mm. Gotcha. Um, I guess that my favorite was probably a tattoo parlor we did in Aurora. And the first he's seen this little girl and many other of the clients have seen this little girl, eight years old, running back up and down the hallways in this little black dress and black shoes, black ribbon or hair. We've never seen it. We've tried. <laughs> the, the second floor was more of an attic, and he had these makeshift stairs put in. He uses it as an office and a living space. I was at the bottom of the stairs, and I don't know if we were doing a rod or an echo. We were doing something. I had my recorder at the top of the stairs, and it just seems like when you turn the light out upstairs, there's something different that happens up there. It doesn't feel good up there, and it doesn't feel like it's the little girl. It's, there's something else. I put my, my recorder up at the top of the stairs, and later on when I went back to re- listen to it, you heard this woman say, come to me, on the audio recorder. I'm like, nope, mm-mm, nope. And it wasn't a natural mm-mm. voice. It was like that whisper, like, come to me. Yeah. Like, and we listened to it a hundred times going, oh, my God. <laughs> do you have that audio? I do. Oh. <laughs> I've got that, too. You guys brought presents for us. We did. Well, since you've mentioned it a few times, I did have questions about, like, what kind of equipment that you guys use. How many pieces of equipment do you guys have total? And then I want to get into, like, the nitty-gritty of, like, what you guys use and your favorites. and More than 30 pieces of equipment. Probably. Wow. A lot of it's duplicated. I have audio recorders. She has audio recorders. Kim has. We all, everybody in on the team has audio recorders. Uh, most of them are the same, actual same everything. Every mm. once in a while, we'll come across a different type, 
and somebody will buy it. But um, the ones that we use, I actually have one with me. I carry it with me all the time. Um, but it's just a simple $25 audio that you can get on Amazon. Okay. And we get the majority of our um, results from audio, which is incredible that it, anyone can do it. So you have a good one you like, but it's actually not super expensive, it sounds not like. Not at I all. I think it's a Sony. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Panasonic. I, That's awesome. We've seen ones that have huge microphones on the heads of them and, and you know, tripods attached to them. And, oh, yeah, it's really tiny. Yeah. yeah. It's an Olympus. I oh, might okay. look at Amazon maybe after we get done with this today. I mean, even your phone. You can download apps that have uh, the recorders on them. And I was just about to it. ask, how do you think just like the recorder on your phone works for investigating? When um, we did an investigation with the previous team that we were with, um, I actually went into a small walk-in closet by myself, sat on the floor and held up my audio trying to get something on my phone because I didn't have this one at the time. It was just on my phone. And I ended up getting um, her, the lady's father actually passed away. I think he had like a lung disease or something. But when I'm sitting here saying, hey, come on, show me something, you know, um, he actually came through over the recording I got on my phone and like coughed over my words. So there was oh, nobody okay. in there with me. <laughs> yeah. And I was blown away by it. We listened to it on our way to the mall. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, you can get just as good of results on apps that you download on your phone for the audio. For the audio. Okay. Cool. Good to know. Um, do you? So you mentioned, um, did you say it was a spirit box or what? The Echo Box that we the have. Echo Box. Can you explain a little bit? It's an app that you get on your phone, and you're the one that's. It's actually a paid app. app. You have to pay for this uh -huh. one. It's not a free one. Um, it's got like six boxes, and each box has thousands of syllables in it, and it circulates. You can either have it circulating this way, this way, or just random. Um, however, you want to set it up, and with that, you're going to hear a lot of garble, basically, and then every once in a while a they'll form a word from all those syllables and that word will come through. We'll get a name. We actually have gotten sentences, full sentences from this box. Um, it just tries to make it a little bit easier for the spirits to talk to you. It is very similar to a spirit box, but a spirit box is done by radio waves instead of the syllables. So that's the difference between the two. I recommend the echo box over a spirit box any day. Well, because my thought when I've seen spirit boxes, and I, we mentioned this to somebody else we had on the show too, who had uh, worked in the military with equipment, that, like audio and visual equipment. Well, but the spirit boxes, aren't those just like with your walkie talkie as a kid picking up like radio waves? Like I feel like it's more, mm -hmm. it's easier to get false results. And this sounds like this is a more direct, the echo box sounds like it's a more direct We've gotten a lot of um, information from the Echovox. Quantity of spirits that's been in the room. We've gotten names. We've gotten just like things that connected our investigation to the homeowner that we had no clue will come up. Words will come up on there and they'll be like, oh my God, that's my grandma's name or, you know, something like that. So I highly believe in it. It's a pre recorded bank of syllables. Right. So it's not pulling anything out of the air, like for the FM frequencies. It's not grabbing any of that stuff. It's already in the bank. And it's just throwing the word, the syllables out. That's what I was actually going to ask. I'm glad you brought that up, Nancy. Is there, have you been able to verify like with the homeowners and stuff that, you know, these things are not just random phrases being put out that right. it's like a, you know, hoax, but you are able to verify with the homeowners that these actually mean stuff to them. Yes. Okay. And we usually do ask a yes or no question. Well, that's where we'll ask our questions to the spirits at that point. Most of our equipment is either a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. And so with the Echo Vox, we can ask a question and get something other than a yes or no answer out of it. Mm. Do you guys use like EMF detectors or anything yeah. like that? Mm -hmm. What I was curious is to know, like, and I, I don't know if this isn't even an issue, but like today everybody's homes are more automated and so I was wondering if you've ever ran into issues and how you tell the difference between like a spike on an EMF detector that's being caused by like a ghost or like Alexa being turned on or something, or if that's even an issue. And maybe you might want to explain a little bit more about what I'm talking about for those that don't know. <laughs> the, the EMF meter is an electromagnetic frequency meter and it. There's naturally occurring electromagnetic waves that occur everywhere, but mostly you're going to get a result if you're up against a wall that's got a power outlet near it, or if there are pipes in the wall, or the electrical wires are in the wall. 
it'll ping, but it's because you've got it up against the wall and you can follow the line. You can see where the wires are. If you're in the middle of the room and you're standing there and you've had it on for five minutes and it does nothing and all of a sudden it starts spiking, well, now's the time to start talking and let's see if we can find somebody. Um, we've only had one house that was hooked up to anything like Alexa. Mm. So we didn't have any issues at that point at that house, but it's just more of the debunking. If you can follow it and you can see that there's a line on the wall, okay, well, there's where the pipes are. But if you're in the middle of a room or we were at a depot and right below us, there were all of the different electrical boxes in the basement right below us. And then right outside the window, there were two huge air conditioner units. So we're like, okay, this is no big deal. We understand that this is where it's coming from. But we would go back further in the room away from everything, and it was still going off. And so, well, maybe it's not so much. Hmm. It's, it's just, it's, it's kind of one of, uh, my brother-in-law is an electrical engineer, and I meant to ask him at Christmas. I meant to talk to him, and I didn't get a chance to. That's handy, though. But yeah, that would have been, I should have, I got to pull that guy aside and start talking to him about <laughs> stuff. Note to self. <laughs> exactly. How far away can we go? <laughs> Do you have any thermal imaging equipment that you guys use? We did. One of our team members had it. Yeah. Um, never got any results really from it. What about video of any kind? We've always taken video, um, kind of like what you see on TV. We set up the video. We've gotten very little okay. uh, confirmation through video. Most of it's through photos or the audio. Um, but we do set up video just in case. Was the, the dog thing, though, you saw one dog, like, laying in a spot, was that the thermal imaging? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Was that basically, like, the only thing that you've ever captured? That's the only thing that? we ever okay. captured. Well, there was something... Ca- At the pizza place in uh, Sandwich. Oh, I forgot about that place. We were in the basement, and we were... Up, well, actually, we were upstairs with the Echo Vox, and it said couch. And the owner goes, well, there's a couch in the basement. So, okay, so we all headed downstairs to the couch, and... Our team member put the thermal on the couch, and there was this little circular area on the armrest arm arm yeah. where something may have been. Like a pizza shape? <laughs> no, wasn't it? It was just like a small, like blurry shape. And then as we went on, it, it got lighter and disappeared. So it was definitely something heat um, that created it. But yeah. we also got other... Um, information in the basement so there was definitely something in the basement okay can you tell us a little bit more about what else you got in the basement (laughs) we had the um sensors were going off we have uh like sensors that we place around a room and they're done by touch or energy around the antenna so the lights will go off or they'll do an audio sound um we had those spread out throughout the basement the same time that we were down there by the couch looking at it and we were like you know can you give us a sign that you're here you know all the normal stuff that we say and the uh sensors were going off on the other side of the basement there was nobody over there Mm -hmm. to to make them go off so it's not like one of us or the owner was there so we definitely know there was something there we also got a name of a girl that was um, that had passed away. I don't know if it was actually in this building or in that vicinity, but she didn't die like by natural causes. She was murdered. Oh my and gosh. Um, so she was telling us like the trauma that she had went through, through our questions and through um, the pieces of our equipment. So was this something that you went on to investigate? Did you go through any like local history involving like murders of young girls or anything to find we, out her name or? We did not take it to that extreme. Um, but we did have the owner um, had an employee and the owner said to the employee, this is the name they got. And the employee goes, oh, yeah, well, she used to work in, either in that building. I don't think she right. worked for him. But when it was one of the different stores that they, they had an employee with that name on. So, hmm. Oh, wow. So we just didn't take it any further than that. But it's the best pizza in Sandwich. Yeah, yeah it is good pizza. <laughs> If anyone's pizza. in Sandwich, Illinois, do you want to give the name of the pizza place? Gonzo's Pizza. Gonzo's Pizza. <laughs> and he's, he doesn't mind us telling uh, oh, the history of his building. He loves anything. to talk, so I think that, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned sensors. Like, what kind of sensors? Just I'm, I'm like, if you could give us an idea of, like, what other kinds of equipment you guys sometimes use, just because we're curious, and I know our listeners will be curious. We do some things using the Earth's energy. We've used pendulums and dowsing rods. Oh. Um, we, we're actually more tuned into that, I think, than, than other things. We have proximity sensors, like Nancy said. It's got an antenna to it, and we have a bunch of different kinds, and they light up and make noise And if you get close to the antenna. Uh, we have a REM pod, which is the same concept. 
Um, it also does temperature fluctuation too. Oh, cool. The one time um, I will tell you a story about the sensors. We used them. Um, it was in Chicago, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. at, I don't want to say her name, but anyway, <laughs> we were at her home and they had a lot of um, activity like around in her bedroom and in her closet. She had a lot of uh, things from Mexico with her ancestors and stuff of that nature. So we sat up these sensors coming like from the closet into the room. And as and this is kind of like what we do, we open up a portal. And as these spirits were coming through to communicate with us, the sensors were going off. And right before we got nothing, right before like all the energy was gone, the sensors went back on like they were going back into the closet. And then all of a sudden there was nothing left in the room that was communicating with us. So the sensors kind of blew us away at that time, sold me and I bought a few more. So now (laughs) everywhere we go, there's sensors placed throughout the rooms. So you brought up uh, opening a portal before. Do you want to explain that in a little more depth? How do you do that? Looks like you're up. (laughs) Looks like I'm up. You know, we consider opening a portal just by even saying, is there anybody here? You're opening a portal. You're opening up the door to have somebody come and talk to you. Um, We do a lot beforehand to protect ourselves, um, just depending on the religion that we have or what we believe in, to protect, to make sure we don't bring anything home with us. And it's it's just a doorway. You have to know how to open it and you have to know how to close it. And people talk about Ouija boards being bad. If you've got someone that you know how to open and close the door, it's no different than using your audio recorder. It's, it's no more dangerous. So kids at home, do not open portals. <laughs> I wouldn't, no. Unless you know how and you are properly trained. Exactly. You have to close that door. Do you want to give us a little, uh, what sh- so if anyone does decide to do this, what should you do beforehand and afterwards to protect yourself? We do a lot of different things between meditation beforehand to get us into a real comfortable place. Um, we've, I've got a spirit guide on the other side who helps out someone who I know would have my back if he were still around. Um, and he comes around and lets us know on the echo box that he's hanging with us and, and he's around us. There's different prayers we do. Um, we wear St. Michael medals when we're on investigations. So it's a lot of religious-based things in that way, just to make sure that our spirit is, is protected. And who is, sorry, I'm not very religious. Who is St. Michael? <laughs> He's the uh, he's he's the archangel. He, Saint Michael the archangel. He's the protector. Okay, so he's like the main big Make, guy. Makes sense that you would <laughs> wear his. Mouth. Okay. Um, just to piggyback on the Ouija board thing, a lot of people do it for fun, and in terms of knowing how to like close it down properly, how do you train people? But also, how what is the best way to dispose of Ouija boards? I know how to you get rid of them, but you can't burn them. It's actually, yeah. you have to put it in consecrated ground. You have to bury it in a cemetery. Hmm. Okay, that's what I've heard, but I just... Yeah, you do not burn it. Don't throw it away. Don't, whatever you do, don't rip it up. I mean... <laughs> Regift it. <laughs> White elephant. <laughs> Whenever you're going to close down a Ouija board, it has a goodbye on there. You just want to make sure at the very oh. end, you're like, I'm closing this portal. No one else can come through and goodbye. You have to make sure you're ending it with the goodbye. It's no different than when we close portals, when we're using the Echo Vox or she's using the rods. We always make sure we're closing this portal. You have to make sure that's known. And as long as, as you have that strong belief and you have control of everything, you're closing it. Nobody else can come through. Cool. Well, as long as we're on the subject, have either of you ever had anything or anyone follow you home? I have not. I have. Oh. <laughs> you want to tell us about that? Um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a really great investigation. I don't want to give a lot of credit to this person. It's a fairly well-known place. Um, but, yeah, I, I went through a day and a half of pure hell with this woman and she left by telling me I'm leaving because I'm leaving not because of anything that you're doing to try and get me to leave and if you ever come back to this place you're going to be in for a mess of trouble so she was changing memories in my head she was you know this is where the knife cabinet is and well yeah that's where it is but I haven't been there in three days well she was in my head she knew exactly where things were and this is this is the knife that you can use to go and and stab somebody and okay and, you know, she, this is, it would be a good idea because remember when this happened and she was not nice. Wow. It was not a good woman. Do you think it was a, a demon? Do you think it no. was? No. Okay. No. She was just a nasty person. And how did you get rid of her? She just left. 
she told me she was leaving because, you know, it was her time to go. She'll be back. If I were to ever go back to that place, she would be back, and it would not be a good result for me, so... No disrespect to the dad, but she sounds kind of bitchy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, the thing is, is that if you were nasty in life, why would you be any different in death? Yeah. And that's why so many people talk about demons, and we sit there, and there's just not that many demons out. People are just nasty. Mm-hmm. That So that was, again, further down on my list of questions, is what your thoughts are on demons, because I feel like, and I know that, like, and we won't get into it specifically, but, like, with the Conjuring movies, Ed and Lorraine Warren have come back into the public consciousness, and they were always like, demons, demons, demons. Like, to- other folks that we've sort of talked to that have, you know, sensitive or whatever, kind of have echoed your thoughts of, like, well, people are people, and if you're a jerk... Maybe you're not a demon, but you're just an evil <laughs> yeah. person as a spirit. So, like, what are your, your thoughts on demons, if at all? Go ahead. I would say, <laughs> I would say they they definitely exist. Luckily, we've never ran across them. I think there's a time and a place for everything, and um, hopefully, we never will. But knock on wood. But <laughs> some people may say, "Oh, there's a there's a negative energy here," you know, and there could be a negative energy. It does not mean it's demonic. You know, it could just be like she said, a nasty person in life is going to be a nasty person in death as well. So I'm kind of open to everything, though. So, yeah, (laughs) I have a few relatives that will go unmentioned, but I'm a little nervous about when their time comes because who knows what they'll be. I know what they're like in life. Right. Well, Well, that's it. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, I mean, that's ahead. kind of what you're expecting. When this person passes on, if they come back to you and they're all sunshine and roses, what the heck's going on? What? <laughs> <laughs> that's not normal. Well, maybe they just learned a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> but since, Mindy, you brought it up, what are your thoughts on Ed and Lorraine Warren? Love them. <laughs> Loved all those movies, too, even though I know they're fabricated. But we the movies too. are incredible. Yeah, we did, yeah. too. We I've had a lot of fun watching so them. so many times. We're big fans of the movies. But do you, I, a lot of people are saying now that they were charlatans and took advantage of people and did, you know, they distorted facts to make themselves more popular. Do you agree with that? Do you think... Hmm. I'm not sure if they did it on their own or if it was done by the movie producers and the TV that I think originally they had the best interest in mind that they really do want to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at a certain point, these producers are going to be like, OK, we, we need to see something. You need to show us something so that we can put that on TV or we can put that in the film. And so they may have had to go a little overboard sometimes to make the producers happy. Yeah, I know that the girl who, from the, like, real story of The Conjuring, the first movie, was interviewed on some podcast, and she had said that her dad was really mad at Ed Warren because he thought he, like, stirred up publicity for them, but she had said, like, no, I think it was just because of who they were. Like, they were genuinely, like, our hearts in the right place, so. I think so, yeah. I do really want to go to their museum. I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> go see the real Annabelle. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I do want to see her in person. (laughs) I wonder what they're doing with it now that they've passed what they're... So her son, so their old house where they store all their stuff um, is run by their son now, and it's a museum. It's open to the public. It's in somewhere in Connecticut. Yeah. I'm not, I don't remember which town, but... That's not too far. Yeah. (laughs) You could easily find it and, you know, Google it and find out where it's at. Um, Son-in-law, I want to make sure. Oh, is it son-in-law? Yeah, I think so. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's totally open to the public as far as I know, and you can go visit it. Just don't taunt the Annabelle doll. Right? <laughs> there are stories of people going there and taunting the doll, and then they leave and they die in like a horrible car wreck, oh supposedly. So, yeah. Uh, I'd pay money to go into that museum. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I go in there. Oh, yeah. I just maybe protect myself. Yeah, <laughs> for first. sure. Like, Definitely don't splattle. touch anything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or take pictures. I or don't go take anything home with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the little penny you see on the right. floor. <laughs> what are since we're talking about Ed Lorraine Warren? I'm just going to tra- transition. What are your thoughts on like ghost shows? Um, I used to watch the original Ghost Hunters show with Taps, and I thought they were because they kind of had the same mentality of like, let's go debunk things, right? Originally, which I liked, but now it's sort of morphed into let's be ghost hunters. Um, do you guys feel, especially with the shows that are out there today, that they are detrimental to what you do to a degree, or is it good that they're getting the word out? We have to go into homes. I mean, the first usually when we get an interview, at some point, someone's like, so is it just like the stuff on TV? Oh. No, it's absolutely nothing like what you see on TV. The stuff on TV is faked. Yeah. 
and they may like they may be like the Ed and Lorraine Warren where they went in with a good intention, but there's nothing. And not even I was a huge fan of Ghost Hunters until I saw one episode where it was clearly faked evidence, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! That is so obvious, and I lost all respect for him at that point. And now that they're back on, I don't watch any either of their shows that they have. I think the only person maybe who might be real would be the Dead Files. Yeah, somebody actually said to me that the Ghost Adventures show they thought caught some legit uh, evidence, but well, we we won't bag on Baggins because <laughs> I I don't want to. We don't want to get anybody upset. We, we've who made be... fun of him on the show before. <laughs> he's from Villa Park. I know. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's, he's the guy here. who went to uh, Bachelor's Grove, but he just. I, he, I call it bros hunting ghosts. That's how I, I understand that. I feel that way about the show. but um, They did capture some weird ball, though, a light ball at Bachelor's Grove that they were never able to find. And I, if I remember correctly, the Forest Reserve guys, that, the cops that went around and stuff, they saw it, too, and they couldn't. At first, they were all completely skeptical. But when they saw that light that you could never catch, they kind of went, hmm. The only show I used to really watch was A Haunting, which was like the recreations. Mm-hmm. I love that. I do like those. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. But then no. they started getting so CGI with the ghosts. And I'm like, okay, it's ruining it for me. Because I think they used to do more like practical effects. And it looked more real and spooky. But when you have this like, you know, it's looking like Ghostbusters <laughs> and stuff. Like, you know, these ghosts that are all like green and blue, like swirling in there. I'm like, this looks so fake. It's not even scary anymore. I like those shows for fun to watch the reenactments because I feel like they're mini horror movies. Because yeah. <laughs> a lot of the people I sometimes feel like kind of want to be on camera. So, but I just enjoy it for, I don't take those seriously. But yeah, that's interesting that people would actually ask you like, oh, this can be like on the show. Yeah. We actually had a den mother call us for her nine-year-old troop. Can you come in and talk? For like, no. It's like, are you serious? No. No, we're not going to come talk to a bunch of kids and scare the crap out of them. <laughs> To talk about like evidence, I would love you found. That. yes, yeah. When we we would have loved that as kids, but like not most young well, kids probably. Well, and maybe their parents don't want their kids coming home scared to death because you went and told them a bunch of stories about how what you've experienced. That's a good point. Yeah, so we were totally against it. Either that, or they think we're going to come in with those huge backpacks with ectoplasms, and you're like, no. So you guys don't carry those? No, we don't. We do not. <laughs> No proton pads. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a little off topic of ghost shows. Have you guys ever had an instance where you are investigating where you did feel genuinely freaked out? And again, no specific details about like the homeowner or the venue. We've, we've experienced when you walk into a home, just like every hair on your body stands to attention and you get that that undeniable chill that there's something there yeah um stuff like that which just really gets you excited not really scared (laughs) you know i guess that depends on who you are some people might be like oh i'm not going in there but of course we're like where's the basement where did you say you had the most exactly you know you've got a creepy um, basement show us the door (laughs) let us go to it (laughs) but no not really i'm i don't i can't think of anything or in your own personal lives like when you've seen stuff like your past pets or anything the only thing I can think of, we were at a former teammate's uncle's house, and we had been through the entire house. And for some reason, I was walking back into the bedroom by myself, and this was probably an hour and a half in. Um, and I just got the feeling of, you don't belong here, you need to get out. It was a really, once again, the hair standing on end. And it was just a really heavy feeling, and it hadn't been like that five minutes before. And we went back in later with as a group, and it was fine. But it was just me by myself, and it I just turned and walked out. Didn't feel right. Hmm. Do you think something was trying to separate you from the... I think it didn't want me in there. I, I'm, <laughs> we're not sure it liked women. So, you oh, know, okay. if in that kind of a thing, there were a lot of... the When the guys were in there investigating, they were getting stuff. When the girls went in there, we didn't get anything. So huh. he was just more in tune to... He wanted his nephew in there and the guys, I guess. Interesting. Um, so you sound like you're a bit sensitive... But are, do you have anyone else on your team that is sensitive or empath or anything like that? Nancy's empathic. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I feel things. Um, 
I, I can just be normal and then all of a sudden I get extremely sad in certain rooms or or overly joyed for no reason and I can't figure it out. But I like those. I like those times. Those are pretty cool. Um, also, just walking through grocery stores, I get a lot of feelings from people around me, um, their moods and attitudes or if they're like upset. I can tell when people are fighting when they're trying to be fake in front of you. You know, <laughs> um, it's pretty incredible. And ever since I went through a really traumatic divorce recently, I was really held back a lot, I think, by my ex-husband. Um, he was a real dominating figure in my life. But once I released all of his negative energy, everything's really opened up for me. And um, I have such abilities I never knew even existed. It's pretty incredible. That's awesome. That makes sense, though. Right. And that's good for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely good for me. I'm, I'm like, ecstatic about it. <laughs> She's awesome when we get new clients and we do a phone interview. She'll know from the very beginning whether it's BS or whether someone really wants us to come in or if it's a real thing. She'll just be like, no, mm -mm, no. And sure enough, they'll never call us back to come in to set up an interview, to come in to set up a time. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually very handy. Yeah. It's, it is because you don't awesome. want to do it with your time. You know? <laughs> okay, we don't worry about them. Exactly. So piggybacking on the, the empath newly realized abilities conversation do you either of you have anyone in your family who's also sensitive or who may be the opposite and is like what are you guys doing <laughs> like and you feel what like who doesn't who is not a believer um not really yeah not that I can remember. I don't really have a lot of family around me anymore. Most of my family's passed away. Um, and the ones that I do have left are down south like in Virginia area. So I'm I really couldn't even answer that question. All I know is what I feel. And when I express it to like my kids, they're like, okay, mom, you know, none of my kids are, have ever been into horror or the investigating. Uh, they all back me up. They don't, Aww. you know, they don't call me crazy or anything, at least not to my face. <laughs> but um, we actually took my son with us to one investigation and he won't go back because the Echo Vox was saying his name. It was. And he telling was him to talk. Some and, really good responses yeah. from him. Yeah. So he may even have some abilities, but he's afraid to acknowledge it at this time. So maybe in the future we'll get him back. I don't know. How old is he, if you don't mind me? He's 22 now. Okay. He was probably 20 when we took him with us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. My grandmother was, she saw stuff. Okay. She saw a lot of stuff. I wish I'd written everything down before she passed away. Um, my mom kind of thinks that she is now because of me and the stuff that goes on at the house. So she kind of... Okay, can you tell your friends to leave me alone? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> no problem, Mom. <laughs> My husband, he tries to debunk everything, but there have been things that have happened he can't explain. He won't admit that it's paranormal, but he can't explain it. <laughs> okay, so what else is there, you know? Well, it's a start, at least. It is. You know, My daughter has seen it. things. Um, she lives down in Bloomington. Oh, And okay. she's been in a couple of houses. The last house she was at, there were two little girls who played hide-and-seek with her all, all the time. So she sees more than I do at her age. So I'm kind of, wow. I don't know, worried or interested. I'm not sure which as to what she's going to be like when she gets older. I know you had mentioned, Nancy, when you'd gone through a divorce, you started to notice more things. If anyone out there feels like they might be getting, might have some sort of some third eye something, do you have any suggestions for how to like either nurture that or even protect yourself if you're like, no, I don't want to see you, Grandma, in the, at four in the morning <laughs> while I'm sleeping? <laughs> I can't help with that. <laughs> um, I, I really don't know. All this is really new to me, like yeah. being opened up to this is the last couple of years. Um, I embrace it. I love it. I want more. I want to have more <laughs> abilities. Um, but you do meditate, though. And that I do meditate a lot. And a lot of times if I get stressed out, I'll do sage cleansings upon myself. So I'm like, you know, in with the good, out with the negative. And the more I do that, it seems like the more my mind is open to receive more of the gift. Um, I highly suggest personal saging. That's incredible. How do you do that? Because I've saged my condo before, but I've never done a personal saging. Um, I thought I did one, but I don't know if I just almost set my apartment on fire or just or if it worked. So um, for personal staging, I mean, we actually have a small little card. I should have brought those. Those would have been nice to oh, give them a copy have, of. That would have been good. But um, I made like little cards that we can hand out when we sell sage at when we do conventions and stuff. Um, and it's basically you're taking the the whole the sage and you're burning it. You got a nice smoke going on, but you want to meditate a little bit beforehand and try to clear out all. 
the extra stuff that's in your mind. So you're more empty and you're basically pulling it towards your body saying, you know, in with the good and you're breathing in the smoke. And then you're going to take it the opposite direction saying all negativity, leave my body, leave my mind, leave my soul. You know, you're just trying to do get all that ugliness out of your body and cleansing. Um, and I really think it's more mental than anything. Mm -hmm. um, you have to believe in it to work to work. But I definitely believe in it. And it's helped me out tremendously with a lot of things in life. That's interesting. Yeah, actually, well, Spencer and I both meditate. Um, we try to as much as we can. But that is a thank you for that tip. I You're think welcome. I will try, try it. it. Yeah, because I feel like, um, you know, when I was younger, I think I was able to like see and experience more. And uh, for a while, I just wasn't, you know, or I would I would have um, I think stress would bring on a lot of um, I'm trying to think of the word like for a it. blocker. Well, no, um, there was like a lot of stress in, in my life for like many, many years where I was having like sleep paralysis, like horrible, like oh. sleep paralysis and like seeing things through that. And then all of a sudden, like once I got like my career going and like, you know, cut all the negative bullshit out of my life <laughs> I feel like I've been slowly opening myself up more and like the more I've been meditating and everything and and now I we always talk about synchronicities and it, mm -hmm. we get so many synchronicities where we can almost like read each other's minds or thoughts a lot of time um I have a lot of dreams that come true I have a lot of like visions and feelings that a lot of times will come true so I want to kind of like hone in on that more and work on that more. Self-cleansing would probably be great for that. And you're right. Stress will weigh you down where you're not able to reach out for those things. No, not at all. It's just like something dark just holding you back. Exactly. And she and I have a lot of that, the same thing. I'll say something and she'll say something at the same time or she'll finish my sentence. It's just awesome that we have that connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's literally, like, I texted her something one time and then was like, oh, you know what? No, that was a bad idea. And before I could even respond, she texted me back and was like, oh, no, I don't like that idea, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, I literally was just going to write you back. <laughs> so when those moments happen, we try and, like, hang on to those and hone in on them. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sounds like meditation and self-saging is a good way to kind of, like, clear yourself and protect your, protect yourself. Is there anything that you would recommend for somebody who maybe is in their home and, are, and is like, I think there might be something weird going on. Like, I know you had mentioned you had a client that, like, had good strict boundaries, like, not my bedroom. Like, how, do you have any way, any, like, recommendations for how to do that? I mean, it's a, it sounds stupid, but talking out loud, I mean, you may think you're talking to nobody, but if there's something there in the house, they don't know what your rules are if you don't say them out loud. And, if, and a lot of times they will uh, obey because they, they don't want you to try to get them out of the place. They like where they're at. And um, I mean, that's like at the house that we're talking house, about, right. they do respect what he says, which is pretty incredible. And they were trying to sell the house at one point, And that's when the activity really amped up. And once they took the house off the market, everything settled down after that. They didn't want him to move. They were like, we like you here. Yes. <laughs> do you have any suggestions for somebody who might be, or words of advice for someone who might be an aspiring investigator? Call us. <laughs> We're always looking for new people to add to our team. So, And at the end of the episode, we do want you to, yes. if, if you're willing to give out your information oh, on how people can get a hold of you guys, if they either want to join your team or if they have something that needs to be investigated. Definitely. I mean, we definitely would tell them to investigate the team that they want to be on. Ooh. They, yeah, that you need to know what you're doing. You need to know the person who's running the team. It can cause a lot of fun. It can cause a lot of heartache. Yes. <laughs> a lot of frustration. Yes. So definitely know who you're getting involved with. I don't know about you, but I keep staring at that computer. Uh, <laughs> if you have any other questions you could think of right now. Well, do you want to do the lightning round? I'll let you do that. Okay. Yeah. All Just right. Just for fun. Don't get nervous or like, we're not going to ask you anything crazy. <laughs> I, I think I already know the answer to this one. Do you like scary movies? Oh, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite scary movie? The Exorcist. Hey! <laughs> Friday the 13th. Er, no, I'm sorry. The Nightmare on Elm Street yes. is my favorite. <laughs> nice. And uh, what is the first scary movie you remember seeing? The Night of the Living Dead. Black and white version back when I was a little kid. Best one. The creature from the Black Lagoon when it was on TV and you had to go to 7-Eleven buy 3D glasses. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. All right. Here's one. 
Who is your favorite serial killer and why? And by favorite, we don't mean like, oh my God, what they did was awesome. Like, who fascinates you the most? Who do you find to be like the most interesting, fascinating? It's like Sharon's staple question. So, <laughs> this is what I ask people when I first meet them. And, <laughs> and they're like, get away from me. I'm like, we can't be friends. <laughs> you know, I've never really given that any thought. I, most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> So take take your time. Can we come back to that one? Yeah. <laughs> well, this one might be even uh, more of a thinker. Oh. What happens? What do you think happens after we die? Hmm. Um. Honestly, there's no telling for real what happens. None of us are going to know until we die. Mm-hmm. But in my personal opinion, I think either you travel up to heaven, you go to hell, or you stay right here on earth with us because you have unfinished business. I agree with that. All right. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll let you think on the serial killer yes. <laughs> question. Um, so before um, we actually sat down to do our interview, we told Nancy and Audra a little bit about the history of where we're recording. And there are some rumors that it is haunted. Uh, would you guys want to walk around the building with us and just see if you like feel any energies or pick up anything sure you don't need to pull out any equipment or anything if you don't want to but just see if you get any sort of feeling sure okay all right so we're gonna end things here this is going to be the first part of our interview with the lovely west suburban paranormal investigative team of audra and nancy and if you tune in next week you will hear actual audio of ghostesses what (laughs) what no way well you'll have to listen for yourself and decide what you think but honestly um yeah there is a quite a few interesting pieces of evidence that's what you're trying to say yes thank you spencer (laughs) there is quite a few compelling pieces of evidence and you will be able to hear it next week if you listen to part two. Yeah, and you should also check out our Patreon um, if you want to have early access to episodes and hear cool shit that's not on the air and get cool shit. And yeah. <laughs> not real. Uh, we will not give you real shit. <laughs> if you go to our Instagram page, Horse Talk Horror on Instagram, uh, you'll find the links to all of our streaming locations and then the Patreon as well. So check that out. Um, and we're on all the social medias, like the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Instagrams. So hit us up. And sh- if you don't want to do any of that stuff, which I don't blame you, uh, you can also email us at horsetalkhor at gmail.com. Uh, if you have like, you know, a ghost story, something creepy, or you just want to say hi. Hi. And we need to give our uh, special shout out yeah. to our very first patrons. We have... The lovely Lala Tamez, who I apologize if I butchered your name, um, but she has been a fan of our show since the beginning. She has sent out lovely shout outs on Instagram, and uh, we are very honored to have you as our very first patron. So thank you very, very much. And we will be sending you a goodie bag uh, with some fun surprises. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much. And also thank you to Jim, our second Patreon subscriber. You are awesome. Thank you for your support. We so appreciate it. And uh, you can get your early access and, and all that jazz on Patreon. But thank you so much. And as always, thanks, thanks for, for getting, getting creepy with us. Sharon, do you want a beer? Uh, Oh, my God.